Welcome, everybody. We are live. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. <sighs> That's what I got to say. I have a big, <sighs> what a day. What a day. Sorry we are late, but, uh... oh, God. I said I wasn't going to go into all of this uh crazy stuff because it's not politics it's it's it has nothing to do with uh, politics but i feel that if i don't go into it it's going to be bogging down my mind so today was a day of baby stuff today was a day of baby stuff so i had to take the girlfriend to the doctor so she could do the um seven month glucose test i guess this is so they can make sure sure uh, the sugar is not too high or something like that. It happens. Well, I guess the, the sugar thing happens to uh, unhealthy women. Great, big, large, unhealthy women. The pregnant women that eat haagen every night and rally burgers and so forth and so on. I guess that's what I was told. That's what I was told. Now, my girlfriend does not uh, eat like an animal. <laughs> I mean, she she eats like a pregnant woman. She doesn't eat like an animal, like a pregnant animal. All right? She has ice cream, but it's sporadic. She might have a little ice cream on a Monday, and then nothing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then she'll have a little more on a Friday, and then maybe... Uh, Monday rolls around, and she'll have some, as she would call it, froyo. So this was a glucose test. Now, I didn't know that this glucose test was long. And when I mean long, they give her this, this drink, and then she chugs it down, and then they have to wait an hour and a half. They have to wait an hour and a half. And then they draw her blood, and then after they draw her blood, they wait another half hour. This whole process, this whole process is like two hours. Takes about forty minutes to get to the doctor because we live in Glendale. The doctor's in Tarzana. Another forty-five minutes to get back, but she's hungry. She's starving because they make you fast before this test. So this whole process today was like six hours, going, testing, leaving, late lunch, and then, and then, I thought I could get out of going to a wedding this weekend. I really did. I thought I could get out of it. I, 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 I was betting the farm that I would be able to get out of this wedding. And as I brought it up at this late lunch, the look of disappointment, the look of heartache across my girlfriend's face told me we were not missing this wedding. So now, now I have to fly to Philadelphia, 
Pennsylvania to go to a wedding. Yes. I have to fly with a seven-month pregnant woman. I even talked to the doctor and said, hey, it's not real safe for a pregnant lady to fly. She goes, no, she could fly. She's fine. She's all right. I said, are you sure she's all right? Are you 100% sure? She goes, yeah, she's fine. Her blood pressure's been good. It's actually been uh, as if she wasn't pregnant. She hasn't put on excessive weight. Her sugar is probably going to come out perfect because all these other... I said, said, are you... She goes, yes, she could fly. Man. So I can't get out of it. I can't get out of it. Can't get out of it. So as soon as we came back, I had to get on the computer and book the tickets with Orbit. See, I didn't even book the tickets because I was so sure, so sure we were getting out of this wedding. 100% sure. And here's how I got effed. Let me explain to you how I got effed, okay? Now... Those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis know that my girlfriend is from Texas. And about two times a year, we go to Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, to see her family. Her mom and her aunts had a baby shower. And we had to fly there last month for this baby shower. Well, her friend who's getting married this weekend, showed up as a surprise. She's from Philadelphia. Actually, she's from from Philly, but she moved to Jersey. She flew to Texas to surprise my girlfriend because they're best friends. And before that surprise... I had every intention of just putting my foot down saying, "Uh, we ain't going, all right? I'm not leaving. I'm not spending $1,000 to fly in the the hotel. I'm not doing it. F her. She didn't come to your baby shot. I I was was all prepared. I knew. I knew this wasn't going to happen. And lo and behold, The son of a bitch surprises her and shows up to the baby shower. So right then I'm like, no, there's no way I could put my foot down. There's no way I could say we're not spending that money. There's no way. So the only thing I could do is maneuver. So this past six weeks I've been maneuvering, dropping little hints here and there. Now, I didn't think it was a long shot. But I knew it was far from a guarantee that we could get out of this wedding. And as the days have been getting closer, the girlfriend's been going, you booked our tickets, right? You booked our tickets, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I go, I got to go over some things. But yeah, yeah, you know, still want to talk about, okay, I don't know what there is to talk about. We're going. (laughs) 
I said, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I figured, doctor, I'll maneuver. And then that son of a bitch is like, no, it's perfect. It'll be great. It'll be fun. You have fun. She can show the belly. Oh, you son of a bitch. And then the restaurant, you long face, sad face. From the time we left the restaurant today to the time we got back to Glendale, it was a pout. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman pout? It's not nice. It's not pleasant. It's sad. So for a half hour, my girlfriend, seven months pregnant, pouted. Pouted. So guess what? I have to go to Philadelphia for a effing wedding. Yes. Got to go to Philadelphia and go to an effing wedding. Actually, New Jersey makes it even worse. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania gave us a big win this past Tuesday, right? At least we got a big win. Jersey, not so much. Jersey smells like dog crap. So there you go. That's why we're late uh, getting on the air. And we're going to wind up having to get off the air early because there's still a bunch of stuff I got to do. I almost just missed the show. She was like, just uh, go to Twitter, cancel the show, reschedule. I said, I can't do that. I can't do that for my people. They tune into the show. They download the show. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Log Talk Radio, Rob Zakari Show. We can't do that to them. They want to hear what's going on. They want to hear about... Rahm Emanuel, they want to hear about Chicago. They want to hear about Barack Hussein Obama. I said, I can't do that. She said, okay. I'm going to go in the baby's room and continue to pick out colors. So there you go, guys. There's my story. Don't mean to bother you or bore you. But those of you who've been with us for the last two years, I felt you should be in the loop. And I know some of you will bust my balls throughout the night on Twitter. Now, let's get to some pressing. And I mean pressing. What did we talk about yesterday? And I know we're working on uh, the story. I know we're working on this story. So maybe we'll add to the story. But what did we talk about yesterday? Yes, immigration. Yes, sanctuary cities. And yes, the LAPD police chief saying, we're not going to enforce immigration laws. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do our jobs. And remember, what did we say? It's like not taking your shoes off when you get in the house. Year after year after year, you, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, whoever, has the no-shoe policy. Because you want the carpets to look fresh, to look clean. And then that one time, you let that exception happen. 
That one time turns into two times, turns into three times. And before you know it, it's the norm. And before you know it, it's as if the no shoes in the house was always, always the policy of the family home. And now that's what we're going through as far as immigration and sanctuary cities. It used to be kind of taboo to be here illegally. It used to kind of be like uh, illegal. People didn't post on Facebook or social media, whatever was around back then. I don't know. My space. And say, look at me. I'm an illegal. I just graduated from high school. I'm going to college. I got a scholarship. F off. It was never like that. If you were here illegally, it was like, hey, man, I'm here illegally. I got to be cool. I can't be drunk driving. I can't be getting into trouble, man. If I draw any attention to myself, I'll get deported. That's how it always was. That's how it always was. And then over time, things got lax. Just like date night with your wife or your husband. Once a week. Once every other week. Once every three weeks. Once every month. Once every two months. Once a year. Divorce. Separation. Poison the other one. <laughs> and here we are with these sanctuary cities and Facebook posts and Instagram posts and not being able to call it what it is illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. Can't say that. They're undocumented workers, undocumented people. Undocumented families. Dreamers. And if you use the word illegal, you're dehumanizing people. You're dehumanizing them by calling them illegal. But they are illegal. Dehumanizing. Well, they're here illegally. They need to be deported. Oh my God. How can you say that? That's so wrong. That's so xenophobic. That's so racist. Really? (laughs) Okay, how about if we deport just the criminals? No. No, you can't do that. Why not? Because what makes a criminal? Uh, Someone who breaks the law? Yes, but we need to have a distinction of what's really breaking the law. Oh, my God. What what do you mean? Is drunk driving breaking? Well, no. 
drunk driving shouldn't be an offense that gets you deported. Okay. Uh, Stealing. Well, what kind of stealing? Stealing, say, Twinkies from a 7-Eleven? Or armed robbery? Oh, God. Um, Both. No. Stealing Twinkies. Come on. I mean, that's where we are. Like I said, you let somebody walk in the house with their shoes on. Eventually, it's the norm. And now you have Rahm Emanuel. Imagine. Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of the most violent city in America. It's like a war zone. I think they hit 4,000 shootings for the 2016 year. 4,000 shootings. Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of Little Afghanistan. That's what we like to call it here at the Rob Zakari show. Little Afghanistan. That's what it's like. Rahm Emanuel said that he will not, under any circumstances, comply with federal orders as it pertains to deporting illegals. They are a sanctuary city. They will continue to be a sanctuary city. And Donald Trump and his administration can go get effed. I mean, he didn't say go get effed, but he did say they can go get effed in a political, friendly, Chicago way. Wow. That's what I say because where does it stop? And I know everybody on the left is applauding this. Yay! Yay! But I'm telling you, and I'll, and I'll say it right here, and a lot of the things that we talk about on the show and predictions that I make have come true. I'm not going to say I'm always right, but I've definitely been more right then I have been wrong. This is going to set up a showdown between the left and the right on federal issues. So I know the left is all excited. Yeah, Rahm Emanuel, he's defying Trump. Well, he's not defying Trump. He's defying the federal government. The very same federal government that the liberals want to protect abortion rights, gay marriage rights, and transsexual rights. So when I say this is going to create a showdown, 
That's exactly what's going to happen. Because, remember, the curtain has been lifted. Oz has been exposed. The notion that America is 90% liberal hipster douchebags is not the case. Half the country... A hundred percent feels the exact opposite of the other half of the country. And for eight years, the liberal half have been telling the conservative half that they are right. And Republicans are wrong. Conservatives are wrong. Anybody that's not considered a liberal, progressive Democrat is wrong. And the media backed that position up. Hollywood backed that position up. So as a conservative, as a Republican, as not somebody from the left, When you came home from work and put on television, it was wall-to-wall liberal messaging. What you read was wall-to-wall liberal messaging. What you surfed on the web was wall-to-wall liberal messaging. If you want a conservative perspective, you had to go seek it. If you're sitting in an airport, the conservative perspective is not smacking you in the face like it is on the left. Fox News is not broadcasted. Levin TV is not broadcasted. Breitbart TV is not broadcast. There is no conservative broadcasting in public places like there is CNN or NBC or MSNBC. This election galvanized one half of the electorate. And now that half knows that the media is in the tank for the Democrats. The Democrats are in the tank for the media. You can't trust anything that comes out of the mouths of people at CNN and NBC and CBS and ABC. And so now you're going to have a showdown. Now you're going to have a situation where when somebody decides, I don't want to bake a gay wedding cake, and you hear 
people on the left going, hey, you can't do that. You're, you're violating federal law. You, you can't do that. We're, we're, no, you, uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Like, you're defying federal law as it pertains to sanctuary cities. So when they put a clerk in prison because she refused to sign her name to a gay wedding license and the liberals became unhinged we can't run a, a country where people are defying federal court or they can't, this is wrong and this is whore you can't have this this is this amounts to treason the federal co- okay well guess what Guess what? When Rahm Emanuel says he's not complying with federal orders as it pertains to illegals, it is no different than ma and pa cake makers not wanting to bake a wedding cake for homosexuals or someone not wanting to put their name on a marriage license. Because if it's not all right for the right to defy federal law, then why is it all right for the left to defy federal law? Why is it all right for Rahm Emanuel to defy federal law? Because it's Trump? Or, or, because we've been walking around in the house without our shoes on for the past eight years, knowing that it's wrong, knowing that we've never done that before. But we did it anyways because, hey, no Republicans ever going to get back in the White House. No compromise will be made with Congress as far as deportations and limiting federal funds to these that harbor illegals. As far as the left was concerned, they got away with it. And if you do something long enough, it becomes norm. Why was Janet Jackson's tit a really, really big deal many, many, many years ago when it came out during a halftime performance? 
Why was that a big deal? And if that happened today, people would think nothing of it. When something is done over and over for long periods of time, it becomes the norm. And when you try to reverse what has happened, people lose their minds. Or at least half. Half the country loses their minds. Actually, like we talked about yesterday, if that half of the country were to be educated about illegal immigration... CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and BuzzFeed and Daily Beast, if they all actually reported on the problems with the illegal immigration and didn't try to bamboozle everybody with Dreamers making up the 11 million or 12 million or 13 million that are here illegally. That other half of the country, that liberal half, they would have different feelings about illegal immigration. And that's why... CNN and ABC and NBC, that's why they don't report on it. That's why they don't talk about it. That's why when they bring up illegal immigration, they show some 15-year-old girl and her 13-year-old sister who came here when they were three and two. And now they're at Hollywood High and they have straight A's and one's graduating high school early and has a scholarship to UCLA. That's the illegals that the media put out front and center and tell everybody, these are the individuals that Republicans and Donald Trump want to throw out of the country. And great mayors like Rahm Emanuel and Eric Garcetti are protecting those people. And ladies and gentlemen, that really is the opposite. Lupe and Dalmi are the exception. Two-year-old who came here on the backs of their parents or in the trunk of a car are the exception. They're the exception. Now they're getting ready to go to college and they're the model citizen. They're the exception. Now I'm not going to say the majority are criminals and 
rapists and drug dealers. I'm not going to say that. But there's a whole hell, a whole hell of a lot more of the people that are not going to college on a scholarship. Rapists. But they're not exactly lighting the United States up on fire with being individuals who we can't do without essential workers. When I go to Home Depot and 17 illegals charge me at my car trying to get in, thinking they can get some type of day labor work, Those aren't essential to the American fabric, the American dream. When I stop at the light in Sherman Way in Reseda, and Guadalupe walks over to my car with a handful of flowers pointing at me and holding up a one, She's not an essential worker. She's not somebody that America would fall to the wayside if she was deported back to Tijuana or Mahideen or wherever the hell they come from. Colombia, Mexico, Guatemala. The bar back at the sushi restaurant that I like to go to, who barely speaks English, cleans the glasses with the same dirty rag that I watch him wash the tables with. I think America will see the light of day without the bar back and the dirty rag that cleans glasses. So we're going to be getting into a real big fight. We're going to be getting into a real big fight. Because you can't pick and choose what federal law everybody wants to abide by. You can't pick and choose when you want the federal government to step in and give assistance. I guarantee you I I 100% guarantee you that there is a whole bunch of sanctuary cities that 
in one way, shape, or form in the past eight years have been at the federal government's door with their hands fully out. Rather, it was some type of disaster relief. Or some type of Medicaid, Medicare, Obamacare expansion. All of these cities and all of these states go to the federal government with their hands open saying, give me, give me, give me. And you can't be sitting there saying to the federal government, give me, give me, give me. And then say, whoa, we're not going to comply with your rules. We're not going to comply with what you want. We're going to pick and choose what federal laws we want to abide by. Gay marriage, we're cool with that. Sanctuary cities, we're not cool with that. Abortion rights, we're cool with that. Can't do it. And that's why we're going to be in a showdown. The left, the left are the biggest babies, and and and, and I know babies is such a, uh, you know, it, it, it's such a juvenile word, uh, you big baby, but I don't know any other word to describe the left. I I don't know any other way to describe the left. And the people that make up the left, the all of the pundits, the writers, they're a bunch of triggered man and women babies. Close your eyes. Just just close your eyes for a minute and imagine Hack Tapper or Essie Cup. Strapping on a big old adult diaper. And just kind of staggering around a little. Clapping their hands. That's them. That's them. Rahm Emanuel. Mayor of murder capital of the world. Talking about we're not going to abide by federal law. Okay. Well, guess what? You're not going to get one dime of federal money. You're going to get nothing. You're going to get nothing. You can't do that. That's not fair. It's not fair. But the left loves to do it. The left loves to do it. 
Obama had no problem. That's what I love about the left. That's what I that's what I love about the left. You hear the left, whether it's Obama to every other hipster liberal douchebag. It's now up to Donald Trump and the people that make up his administration to reach out to the other side. Reach out to those people who are feeling scared. Reach out to the people that uh, didn't vote for it. They need, why? I, I don't remember Obama and the Democrats reaching out to individuals who didn't vote for that. I, I don't remember Obama reaching out to the farmers. I don't remember Obama reaching out to the coal miners. I don't remember liberals reaching out to anybody. Now, I'm not a big religious person, and those of you who've listened to the show for the last two years know that. But, hey... More power to you if you believe in the invisible man in the sky. I'm sure there's something that you feel and get from believing, and I respect that. And in turn, you hold a a, a deep-rooted conviction with that faith. Doesn't care about that. The liberals didn't care about that. How many times did you hear the left say, oh, that's against your religion? Get over it. Tough. You religious wacko. The left protects Islam more than they do Christianity. And like I said, I'm not a big uh, religious person. But even I could see that. Even I could see the left. How they are so quick to go after anybody. That should just just look a certain way at a Muslim. Oh, they're they're triggered by oh what could, but a Christian ah. I mean I've watched people on the left try to say, well look at all these mass shooters. They're all uh, religious fundamentalists. They're all doing this for God. They're all doing this for Jesus. I mean, it's like, what? So this notion, this notion that the right has to somehow make the left feel better, somehow has to make the Van Joneses and the Al Sharptons and the Barbara Streisands and those scumbags breaking windows and 
lighting fires in L.A. or New York. Somehow the right, somehow Trump has to reach out to all of them and make them feel better? Reach out to Wolf Blitzer and make him feel better? Reach out to Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and make him feel better? You know what I'd make him feel better? Give him a tube of KY jelly. Say, here you guys go. Here. You don't have to do it dry anymore. I'm going to give you lube. That's what we're going to When we stick it in your keister, we're going to give you lube. Unlike you guys who've been sticking it in the keister of the right for the past eight years with no lube. Obama and the left didn't even have the courtesy to spit in their hands and give it a little give it a little wet with some spit. They just said, guess what? Open up. It's coming in raw. It's coming in raw and it's coming in dry. Don't matter if you cry, because we're right and you're wrong. Going to be a a definite showdown. Definite showdown. Because if the left wants everybody to abide by federal law as it pertains to gay marriage, abortion, trannies, Ahmad the Clock Boy, whoever, whatever triggered group demands some type of federal protection. Then they better be prepared. Because it's coming. It's coming. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick break. And if you're listening to us, Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening to us on Spreaker. If you're listening to us on uh, iHeartRadio, you will hear uh, a uh, a jingle. Okay? You're going to hear a jingle. And that jingle is called The Trump Train. And who's getting on The Trump Train? And who's getting thrown off the Trump train? That's the question. It's Rob's Care. It's Rob's Care Show. And we'll be right back. Are you, are you coming to the train? Led by a man who wants yeah. to break the chains. Establishment is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train? Where brave men called out for a wall built by crane. Media is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year. So, on the Trump train, are you, are you um, coming to the train where brave men called out the fools who lead in vain? Lobbyists are terrified they can't control our reign. Let's meet this year 
on the tram train. Really? Are you, are you coming to oh. the train? We're ahead of hope, side by side with me. Make America great again, break the chain. Let me this year on the tram train. And we are going to be respected by the world again and not laughed at like we're all a bunch of stupid people being led by incompetent politicians. It's not going to go on any longer. Are you, are you coming to the train to take our great country back again? Join the revolution, break the chains, let me this year on a Trump train. We're going to win at the borders. We're going to win. And we're going to keep winning. And we are going to make America great again. Greater than ever The Trump train. That was the Trump train. Yes, that was the Trump train. Don't forget, you can listen to us at uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us uh, at Spreaker.com. Uh, you just punch in uh, the Robbins Carey Show. You can listen to us on iTunes. It's not live on iTunes. Um, but uh, it is the show as soon as we go off the air. You can also listen to us over at iHeartRadio. So go there. Those are all the ways. Did I leave, any, did I leave anything out? No. All right. I, I, and, of course, RobScaryShow.com. So you see what the left is trying to do. And I say trying. And that is take down uh, Steve Bannon over at uh, Breitbart, or formerly at Breitbart. And it's funny because for 16 months, all the left was doing was saying, Trump is a racist. Trump is a misogynist. Trump is, uh, you know, anti-Semitic. All of these things. Remember when Trump did the uh, Hillary Clinton star? They used a starburst, which I didn't look at it and go, oh, that's definitely an anti-Semitic. What? It's, It's... What are you guys talking? So for 16 months, Trump is anti-Semitic. He's part of the alt-right, whatever the hell the alt-right is. And we talked about that before. I had no idea what the alt-right was. I had no idea what the alt-right... I had no idea what Pepe the Frog was. I had no idea. I thought it was... It was um, it was peep. <laughs> I, 
had no idea that it was Pepe. Had no idea. Had no. I, I just. I had no idea. That's how out of the loop I am, and that just shows you. That just shows you this whole alt right. Remember, the left. That's all they do is tag things. That's all they do. That's how they live their lives, tagging things, fat shaming. Did you ever hear the word fat shaming until this past eight years? Bullying. I never heard adults use the word bullying until this past eight years or this past four years. The only time I ever heard the word bullying was on different episodes of Different Strokes. Remember Different Strokes? With Gary Coleman? What you talking about, Willis? Remember that? And the Gooch. The Gooch was his bully. Bullying. That that was that was bullying. That like two children. One being 16, the other one being 10, one being, I don't know, 5 foot 11, the other one being 4 foot 8. That was bullying. Not two adults. Two adults going at each other was fighting. He's bullying me. Bullying? What are you, 10? So the left loves to tag things. Bullying, fat shaming, Islamophobia, phobia, everything phobia. The only time I remember the word phobia, claustrophobia. That was like the most prevalent word of phobia or just using the word phobia. I have a phobia. But to... Put phobia after your Islamophobia, homophobia, clean carophobia, uh, you know, uh, media phobia, booger every phobia, safe space, triggered. I mean, how did we get to this place? How did we get to this place? How did we get to this place? This isn't the majority of the American people. These are things created by the left. You label. That's what you do. That's how you divide a country. That's how you keep control of a country. But if we could get in a time machine, think about it, man. If we could get in a time machine, just, just, just go back to like the eighties. Go back to the seventies. Just go back in a time and just talk about bullying and safe space and Halloween costumes that offend and gender identity issue. I mean, just, just really. Crazy, bizarre, liberal labeling whack jobs. 
I mean, that's what they would be. Somebody from the past would be like, what? What's this thing? This is a computer. What do you do with it? Well, we could communicate with each other. Oh, so it's, wow, it's like a phone. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm going to report this person. Why? What happened? Well, they just called me a name. Yeah? Well, they're they're bullying me. They're cyber bullying. Cyber bu- What? Turn off the fucking computer. So what are you doing? Don't open the email. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? I have to go to my safe space. You're what? What the hell are you talking? Where are you going to prison? No. I'm just going to go to that room over there. That's my safe space room. Your safe space? What happens there? Well, nothing bad. What do you mean nothing bad? What if you're in your safe space room and I walk in and I kick you in the face? Then what? It's not a safe space room, is it? Well, you wouldn't do that. Because when I'm in my safe space room, nobody is allowed to come in there. So do you got a, like a door? Like what is? Well, no, it's just this room. Sometimes it's an imaginary, an imaginary space. Listen, go over there. Go to your safe space. Now watch, watch this. And then I kick him right in the face. There's your safe space, jerk off. There's my safe foot. Right in your safe ass. Safe space. And so now hear what they're doing to Bannon. He's anti-Semitic. He hates Jews. Anti-Semitic. He, and the only, only evidence they have of any of this the fact of him hating Jews and being a member of the alt-right is a court document from I don't know 25 years ago where his then wife soon to be ex-wife in a Deposition in a court document, because of course nobody would ever lie in a deposition. No one would ever lie in divorce proceedings. Of course not. Of course not. She said that Bannon once said he didn't want his children going to a certain school because it was filled with Jews, and Jews were whiny. Now, I don't mean to be anti-Semitic, but some of my Jewish friends are whiny. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay? Just saying. (laughs) If that happened, he might have a point there. I'm just saying. Is that anti-Semitic? Is it? The ex-wife said, uh, Bannon talked about a school and not wanting his kids to go there. And then, another time, in an interview, Bannon said Breitbart gave a platform to the alt-right. So, because of those two things, The left is trying their damnedest. They're trying their hardest to do what they do. 
which is smear an individual to the point where the media and the print media, everything is coming at them with such an avalanche that that person eventually resigns from whatever uh, post they're at. They're forced to apologize. And then they just kind of fade off into obscurity. And then the media. And then whatever Democrats are in charge at that time all get together at a later date at someone's house at a dinner party and give each other reach-arounds for what they did. And that's what they're trying to do with Bannon. Now, here's my question. Here's my question. Don't you think the media and the Democrats would have learned from what they did to Trump? Don't you think they would have learned that if you're part of Trump and Trump's inner circle, kowtowing to the media and the Democrats is something they don't do. I mean, when the Democrats and NBC and the media released the grab them by the pussy tape, people lined up to demand Trump get out of the race. How's that? For some K-Lones. And I'm talking about conservatives. People like Hugh Hewitt. Went on his radio show. And demanded. That Donald Trump. Get out of the race. Hand over the nomination. To Mike Pence. And Trump said. I won't do so. None of that. Two weeks straight. Two weeks straight. And the Kayones on the left to talk about Comey and the letter. And that being the thing that derailed Hillary's campaign. It was just too much. Too much. So that was too much. But somehow, day after day after day after day of every single media, reporter, journalist, whatever you want to call them, discussing grabbing by the pussy and having girl after girl after girl come out and go, he grabbed me by my pussy, he grabbed me by my pussy, he grabbed me by my pussy. And demanding Donald Trump apologize. Demanding Donald Trump give up the nomination. That wasn't a big deal. It was the 
email. <laughs> That's the thing that 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 was just too much. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Stop. Stop, you guys. Stop. So you would think the left would learn by now that all of this smearing of Bannon is not going to get them anything. It's just going to build the support for Bannon even more. Some Nazi alt-right anti-Semitic Jew-hating a-hole ain't going to get them anywhere. And, and to watch the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the C- to watch all of them act as if Breitbart is some type of Johnny-come-lately site, some type of conspiracy site that discusses chemtrails and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Newtown hoaxes. It's, it's laughable because everybody in the media knows who Andrew Breitbart is. They all know who Andrew Breitbart is. And that's the site. Breitbart.com is Andrew Breitbart. He's only been dead for a few years. It's only been four or five years. I mean, Huffington Post? Ariana Huffington? Before she was a bleeding heart liberal choking on Bill Maher's sausage. She was a Republican. Andrew Breitbart helped her create Huffington Post. It was like the three amigos. Ariana Huffington, Andrew Breitbart, and Matt Drudge. So for the media... Like Don Lemon to go, I, I don't really know what Breitbart is. I, I don't really go to Breitbart. You, you don't know Breitbart. You have no idea who Andrew Breitbart is. You don't know the history of Breitbart. Really? Really? You don't know anything about Breitbart. Huma Abedin's husband, the pedophile, Andrew Weiner, was outed by Andrew Breitbart. The downfall of Andrew Weiner showing his Weiner was reported by Andrew Breitbart. Everybody said that Breitbart was nuts. He was crazy. He was full of crap. He was lying. What he was doing was wrong. He was smearing a congressman. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, it all comes out. And everybody had to apologize or at least acknowledge the fact that Breitbart was right. So to watch Chris Matthews and Rachel Maddow 
and Chris Cuomo, Wolf Blitzer, all act like Breitbart. Uh, Breitbart? What's Breitbart? What? You know Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart was a force in the political game when Hack Tapper was interviewing pornographers for Nightline. Hack Tapper was dreaming of getting to the point where he is. Breitbart was there. Andrew was there. The site itself still generates income for the Breitbart family. Money that's made from Breitbart goes to a trust for his family, his wife, his children. The Breitbart that we see today is the same Breitbart it was when Andrew was alive. The only thing that's changed is our country. The only thing that's changed is the world. But the site is still the same site. The people that run the site, the majority of them are still the same people that were there when Andrew was there. And to say Steve Bannon is an anti-Semite and the site is an anti-Semite site and it's a Nazi site, that's saying Andrew Breitbart was an anti-Semite. Really? Andrew Breitbart, the Jew, who practiced his faith, was also... An anti-Semite? He, he, he also hated himself? He also hated his own people? Really? Get the... How the left thinks they could get away with this didn't work for 16 months going after Trump, his supporters. So why do they think it's going to work now? I don't understand this. I don't. I don't understand why they think this is going to work now. It's fascinating to me. It really is. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And they're going to keep trying. And what's funny is you've got all these people that are coming to Bannon's defense. I mean, Alan Dershowitz. He's like the darling Jew on the left. I mean, you can't get any more Jewy than Alan Dershowitz and pro-Israel than Alan Dershowitz and leftist, liberal, Democrat crackpot than, than, than Alan Dershowitz. And he's saying, nah, I know Steve Bannon and... No, I don't, he's not a he's not anti-Semitic. And if you're only going by what a disgruntled ex-wife is saying, then that's not enough. If that's all you got to prove 
and to label somebody a Jew hater, then that's wrong. You need a lot more. I know. Yeah, yeah, you need you need you need some Mel Gibson stuff. You need some Mel Gibson video. You need some Mel Gibson audio where he's like, I hate Jews. I hate all the dirty Jews. I hope you get raped by a pack of Jews and niggers and rah. You better provide something like that. With some disgruntled ex-wife from 30 years ago going, he said this. Yeah, okay. Sure. And the media saying that Breitbart is a Nazi site. No. No. Andrew Breitbart was the furthest from a Nazi. Even Rabbi Shmuley. You all know Rabbi Shmuley. Rabbi Shmuley. Even said... Steve Bannon is not an, he's not an anti-Semite. Sorry, Don Lemon. Sorry, Chris Cuomo. Rabbi Sh- Listen, again, you can't get more Jewier than Shmuley and Dershowitz. And if those two are saying Bannon is not an anti-Semite, The guy's not an anti-Semite. And why the left will not learn. It didn't work for 16 months. Not going to work now. (laughs) It's not going to work now. Jesus. You know, Breitbart even has that that Klein kid, that Andrew Klein. I think his his first name is Andrew. Or, Or the hell is it? The guy, he, he's, he, he's in Israel. He's in Israel. He's constantly, constantly writing pro-Israel stories. Like I said, who plants the roadmap for the media to go down we can only guess. When they do their powwows at John Podesta's house, someone has to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like, someone has to initiate it. So somebody is still saying, all right, these are the things we have to go after Trump with. And nobody's saying, nah, dude, it didn't work. It doesn't work. Let's just stop. Let's kind of regroup. Let's try. Let's just regroup. <sighs> Fascinating. All right. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. Listen, you guys, we are done for the night because uh, I got to finish a bunch of stuff because you know the story. I told it in the beginning of the show. Got to do this stupid wedding. I got to I got to do a lot of stuff. So bear with me. Okay. Jesus Christ, bear with me. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We'll be back tomorrow, okay? 
We'll be back tomorrow at our same time, and we'll put in a whole nice three hours. You guys will love it. You guys could rub it on your chests. All right? You guys could rub it on your chests, and everything uh, will be fine and dandy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You are the best. Later.